And welcome back to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast. I'm your host, Aaron. And joining me is the... Just Ariel. Oh. Okay. Disappointment. But you know who else we have? Who? Our amazing, wonderful patrons. Both today are our goddess-level patrons. We have, joining us, uh, the oh-so-wonderful and always-on-time Kex. Hello, everyone. <laughs> Unlike Moa. Uh, and <laughs> we have our new golden goddess level patron, Maple. Good morning, Hyrule. <laughs> oh, wait, it's nighttime. Never mind. It's nighttime. We're recording this at nighttime. Do it again. Ah, shoot. <laughs> hello. Uh, s- <laughs> hello. <laughs> so uh, we've already had a bunch of fun off the recording. So if you can't tell, we're all really high energy right now. Super high energy. Super high. <laughs> Ariel. Uh, well, today, uh, you you two wonderful people have joined us to discuss something I absolutely love in the Legend of Zelda series, and that is none other than the Fierce Deity Link. My personal favorite. <laughs> this is going to be a very interesting one. Don't break my heart. <laughs> I have no intention to. I'll try not to. <sighs> so, uh, oh, wow. <laughs> so mean. Uh, so I'm actually going to start. I'm going to do a brief synopsis of the Fierce Deity. And uh, Ariel's going to roll right into talking about a few other tidbits of info. And I believe the sword of the Fierce Deity You'll figure it out when I get to it. <laughs> and then we're going to pitch it to you two at the end of the episode to uh, enlighten us on some oh so wonderful things that you've brought for us. I'm excited for it. <laughs> so, without any further ado, let's get started. So, uh, Fierce Deity Link. Uh, <sighs> there's not a lot to go over with the Fierce Deity Link. Um,. The first appearance is in Majora's Mask, and when he first appears, it is when you get, spoiler alert for anybody who hasn't played, uh, you finally get all the masks and give them to the children of the moon. Um, The Fierce Deity Link is basically the embodiment of the power of Link helping everyone in Termina. It is... It's a weird mask because you can only use it in boss battles, which is really disappointing to me, but I get it. Uh, And (laughs) it has some pretty cool abilities. So the first ability that Fair Stadium Length has is he's a lot stronger and has new ranged attack abilities. And he wields this giant helix style blade. It is pretty much the same size as the Great Fairy Blade in that game, uh, but it does have a little bit more reach, which I'm sure Ariel will go into later. Um, But other than that, that's pretty much all we get about Fierce Deity Link. There's a few tidbits, if you look at Fierce Deity Link's armor, though, that are frequently missed. So uh, the first tidbit uh, that people frequently miss is that the crescent moon that represents several different things in Hyrule is on the right 
breast piece of the Fierce Deity Lynx armor. And on the left side, it is the Triforce of none other than Courage. And this kind of design has stayed pretty frequent throughout all the games. This leads a lot of people to believe that there is a lot of ties with the Fierce Deity Link to a lot of different things in Termina. And uh, I'm actually going to get you two to have some input here. Uh, the first theory is that the Fierce Deity is actually a deity that is worshipped by the Sheikah that chooses to embody Link to help him defeat Majora in Majora's Mask. What do you say to that? I say you are getting dangerously close to a certain <laughs> theory that I will be presenting nearer to the end of this episode. So I think Ooh. I shall hold my thoughts for right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, what do you have to say about this, Mabel? It's... It's a possibility. Mm-hmm. But... Actually, it would make sense if you, if, uh, in some sort of state, if the Fierce Deity Mask makes its way back, back into Hyrule, some way, somehow, through Breath of the Wild. Oh. Oh. Does Ariel have some things in store for you? <laughs> <laughs> I guess we'll hold off on all of this until we get to those points. <laughs> um,. A couple other things I want to note about the Fair Stadium Link is the color scheme that is chosen for the Fair Stadium Link. When you look at him, he's got this pale blue, almost white tunic and hat. His hair is snow white. His eyes are snow white. And he has this kind of red and blue tribal marking throughout his face. Um... That travel marking goes into what we were talking about with the Sheikah, and we'll get to all of that, I'm sure, when Kek starts talking her theories and information drops. <laughs> um, but an important thing I want to note is the white hair. Because throughout all of the Legend of Zelda games, the one thing that majority of the Sheikah tribe has had in common is the white hair. So moving forward, I want everybody to remember that. In addition to the body armor and the tribal markings, the white hair plays an important role in this theory. Um, which sounds like, Kex, you may have proof that it's not a theory at all. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, um, may, it may deviate a little, but I think you will find it very interesting. <laughs> uh, we're, I'm ready for this. Um, <laughs> But other than that, I don't really have much more to go into for the Fierce Deity length. So I'm going to pitch it over to Ariel. I was going to come up with my own little interpretation of this, <laughs> but instead, this is what I'm going to say. A peculiar great sword allegedly used by a hero from a world in which the moon threatened to fall. Now that just sounded cool. It's from Breath of the Wild. Oh, dang it. I should no, know this. I did not come up with that. I went out of my way to get that armor set. 
say I have the fierce deity sword because I love swords <laughs> so much. So it appears in four games. Majora's Mask, Triforce Heroes, Hyrule, Warriors, and Breath of the Wild. So in Majora's Mask, it's located inside the moon and can only be obtained and used by wearing the Fear State Mask. Of course. Um, it fires sword beams when locked at a target. And doing so consumes magic. Hits from the sword or the beam deals four times the damage of the Kokiri sword, making it as powerful as the Great Fairy Sword. The attacks can be stacked together to do a total of eight times the damage of the Kokiri sword. And this doesn't always work on normal enemies as the sword was intended for bosses. Kinda like what you had <laughs> gone over a little bit ago. I was going to say, there's a way to glitch them out and you can use it on normal enemies, but... <laughs> but the energy beams can be used on objects. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Interesting. So, that's basically what I got from Majora's Mask. I was trying to keep it short and simple. So, for Triforce Heroes, I have... When wearing the Fierce Deity armor... You get a one-handed version of the sword instead of the two-handed version of Majora's Mask. And at full health, it sends out four beams and one goes in each compass direction. And also with the spin attack, even when not at full health. Huh. I did not know that. Pew. 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 <laughs> Next I have Hyrule Warriors. Young Link uses a mask and the power in his magic age to transform into Fierce Deity Link. And the Kokiri sword transforms to the Fierce Deity sword. And the higher level versions of the mask use more elaborate versions of the base design for the sword. I did know this. You better believe I went out of my way to get this one. <laughs> <laughs> Breath of the Wild is an amiibo exclusive and it uh, will appear after you have completed one divine beast so you have to complete one divine beast before you can oh. get the sword from the chest drops yeah I uh, I may or may not have tried to glitch the game 27 times to try to get it before going to the divine beasts and I learned the hard way <laughs> yeah, you also got really mad at me because I ended up with like a ridiculous amount you of did. the swords and you got like one or two. I got two out of all the times <laughs> I put that amiibo on there. I remember him so telling me about that now that you say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted one to go on the wall. <laughs> they're my they're my favorite sword oh, in the game. Because it's the coolest. That and the bigger on sword is the bigger on sword is yeah. also cool. So uh anyways, I'm getting off track here. So <laughs> the sword in Breath of the Wild has a base attack of 60, so it makes it equal to the Master Sword at full. Mm-hmm. And but it only has a base durability of 35. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So definitely a lot weaker. And it's still the two-handed weapon like in Majora's Mask and it represents the sword from there so it 
just like, here we go. It's Majora's Mask <laughs> and Breath of the Wild. So that's what basically I got for that. It was super cool. And then I have just a little tidbit here about the sword itself. So the Japanese call it the Fierce God Link Blade. Interesting. Uh, I, I just want to say I know this and I love this name. <laughs> the Fierce God Link Blade. Like, how how intimidated would you be if somebody walked up and goes, the, my name of my sword is the Fierce God Link Blade? Like, that would be s- extremely scary. I would be scared if anybody came up to me with any sword. <laughs> nah. <laughs> but they also have another name for it, which is the Double Helix Blade. Mm-hmm. That's the one I know about. Yes, I have heard that one as well. And the last thing I have is the French call it the Broadsword of the Demon God. Oh. Okay. That's way cooler. <laughs> That is also very intimidating. <laughs> the demon god. So, uh, I have some interesting facts, Ariel. Do enlighten us. Oh. So, uh, the first one I have here is, um, so although there's no official hearing on the height from Nintendo of the Fierce Deity, it is assumed due to the fact that he towers over other enemies and his character model was placed next to Ganondorf's character model that he is over seven foot tall. I mean, if he is a demon god, then yeah. Uh, I'm not going to touch that one. (laughs) Somebody already said they're going to touch that one. Uh, (laughs) I cannot wait. Uh, (laughs) I'm so glad you said that, Ariel. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the next uh, and uh, last one I have is that the fierce deity form is popularly referred to as Oni Link in the Legend of Zelda series. And I'm not going to go any further than that, because once again, Maple said, uh, you got some stuff to talk about, don't you? Oh, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, The last thing I'm going to say about all of this before we go to break um, I briefly went over my notes uh, and while we were doing this. I forgot to mention probably the one of the most important aspects of the Fierce Deity Mask. It is considered to be equally as evil as Majora's Mask. If you don't touch it, Maple, I'll mention why that is the way it is. There. But I'm sure you're going to go into depth why. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, with that being said, I think we're going to go to our mid-break, and when we come back, we will uh, talk some more Legend of Zelda, but we're going to give the floor to the wonderful Kex and Maple this time. <laughs> oh, boring. Well, Ariel. It's awful middly in here. Dang it! <laughs> you stole that one, too! I can't steal it because you always ask me. The illustrious, amazing, incredible Ariel stole my line again. It's just Ariel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, since we're here in the middle of the show, you want to thank the patrons? Thank you. Well, that was so heartfelt. (laughs) I feel like they felt it across the globe. 
I felt it in my heart. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I want to thank the patrons. So we're going to start with uh, our oh-so-wonderful patrons who are here with us today. Uh, Kex and Maple at the Golden Goddess level. Uh, thank you. Thank you for having us, as always. Ooh, I'm so glad you're here. It's a wonderful time. <laughs> uh, we also have our Hyrule Royalty patron, James Becker. And we have our Sheikah patrons, Deadeye and Nikki Lift Stuff. And we have our Kokiri patrons. I'm going to try this. It, I, I think it's Juman, Jumanji. I think it's literally just Jumanji. Spelled weird. <laughs> I'm not entirely sure. I'm Send me a message if I'm wrong. Do you, do you need some help? <laughs> I didn't pass fourth grade reading. Uh, <laughs> kids stay in school. Uh, we also have our other Kokiri patron, Remington Cloutier, and our fairy level patron, Doug Leamy. So thank you all for being wonderful patrons. And those of you who have been patrons with us for six months are going to get your wonderful gifts. We, uh, we changed the patrons um, kind of what you get thing. And I have not updated on our Patreon and I'm a bad boy because I haven't updated in months. But uh, instead of getting extra entries, we are sending you every six months some sort of special Legend of Zelda merch. And uh, this month, you are going to actually be getting a wonderful necklace of tattle and tail in a bottle that we talked about on the show oh. not too long ago from a wonderful creator from Etsy. So, ooh. So make sure if you are at the Sheikah level or above and you've been a patron for six months, make sure you got those shipping addresses updated for me so I can send you an oh-so-lovely gift. That's an absolutely haunting timing. We are going to be <laughs> beginning Majora's Mask 3D before long. <laughs> well, you can wear the necklace the whole time. <laughs> that is the new plan, yes. <laughs> uh, so, with uh, thanking our patrons... Well... I wanted to say that I was just kidding. Of course, I always oh, am. Yeah. That I do appreciate all the patrons and I do appreciate the listeners. Because without you, we wouldn't have a show. Oh, we've been out of the game for a little bit. <sighs> forgot about the listeners. No, I didn't. I'm just kidding. I never forget about the listeners. <laughs> okay. <laughs> uh, but well, since we're thanking uh, people, we also have to uh, thank some wonderful people who have left us reviews on Spotify and we don't see because Spotify does not have their act together and does not let people leave comments so everybody on Spotify who's left five star reviews thank you you're wonderful um, we also have Apple our patron or our fans who are leaving messages on Apple I'm actually going to forgo though those <laughs> I'm actually going to forgo those this week in lieu of some of our fans who have sent us emails for a while. I've been neglecting these emails. I'm awful. <sighs> so here we go. I have our first email from Elijah Olson. It says, hey, I have recently started listening to your podcast and I love it. I'm a huge fan of the Legend of Zelda series and I love hearing about the lore. Keep up the good work. 
By the way, I found new merch item that you might be interested in. Just click the link. And it is, ooh, some spiritual stone necklaces from Legend of Zelda. And these are pretty cool. I'm going to have Ariel put those in the show notes. I know, they're very pretty. I was going to say, send me the link so I can put it in the show notes. Send you the link. Would you actually um, be so kind as to put it in the Discord as well? Oh, I'm going to do that as well, yes. So that is... Oh, yeah, I know. They're pretty. They are very pretty. So... Oh, here we go. We got a long email of this one. So... I'm going to... Yeah, I'm going to read this whole thing. Okay, here we go. Ready? (laughs) This one comes to us from Matthew Pennell. Hello, LOZ Lorecast. I have a few requests and suggestions for y'all. Here we go. First off, I love this podcast. Five stars. Keep up the great work. You guys are awesome. Can you please give my name a shout out in your next episode, number 28? Well, we surpassed that. So, my bad. <laughs> 29 is better than 28. 29 is better than 28. Because it's an odd number. Yeah. <laughs> I also have a, a few actual theories on my of the newest LOZ game, Tears of the Kingdom. Some of you have already heard and some you may not have. If you have played Breath of the Wild, which we definitely have, then these theories will make a lot of sense for y'all. The Akala and Hatno ancient furnaces have pipes leading to some unknown sources underground. In the first trailer that was released by Nintendo, we see that malice floods upwards in the big cavern and it is taken into large pipes into the ceiling, including the strange green energy that is holding down who we believe to be Ganon in his human Gerudo form. Could it be possible that he has is the source of the ancient furnace that have been burning for over 10,000 years? Also, I believe that the reason why Ganon is bent backwards in agony while in a somewhat half coma, half trance, is that he was killed and stabbed in the chest. He was then frozen in time, but was still alive and in agony forever, and was put deep underneath Hyrule Castle. But why would the royal family of Hyrule hide away the body of the enemy that they seek to destroy and seal away for good? What could their ultimate goal be for this reason? I want to hear y'all's thoughts and answers in the next episode. Can you read the entire email in your next LOZ episode? Also, when you say who sent this, say the name Percy Jackson Fanfic Writer 123 so that I know you were talking about me. I'm talking about you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Up, keep up the great work, guys. I look forward to hearing y'all's answers and thoughts. Five stars on this podcast. Can you also... Do a fan episode based on fan different theories for Tears of the Kingdom, please. That's actually something I've been thinking about right before the release. So don't worry. Um, There's a lot to unpack on this one. First off, uh, I'm going to open this up for discussion. What do you all think about the furnace theory and Ganon being the energy? What do you think, Ariel? possibility I'm with you on that one how about you Kex what do you think I've seen some similar theories on this as well that the Sheikah have essentially 
sort of used Ganondorf as the fuel for their technology that powers everything. Um, I haven't seen anything about the furnaces specifically, but it would make sense and align with these other theories that I have seen. I think it is a definite possibility. And to the emailer's credit as well, he was saying, why would they do this? Well, killing him could possibly just cause him to reincarnate anyway. So possibly keeping him in some sort of state of limbo would be, in their eyes at least, the best alternative. Yeah. Yeah. What are your thoughts, Maple? I have to agree with Kex on this one. And I think it would especially make sense if Ganon's, Ganondorf's power was technically sealed by way of energy and that's being used to power all their uh, the Sheikah technology which is why Ganon may have been able to take control of it so easily as he did yeah I'm not going to go too in depth with what I think because I'll save it for a theory app when we get closer to the time of release for Tears of the Kingdom um but I will say is that my theory, I agree. It, Ganon is used as energy source. Um, but I don't think it's Ganon as much as I think it's the malice that inhabits him. And we'll go into what I believe malice actually is in an episode that I think we're going to do sometime soon dedicated to Chris and Pete of Hello Hyrule. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I backtrack here. I don't think it was the royal family that sealed Ganon away either way. I think it was the Sheikahs who did it. And I think that's another reason why the Sheikahs are somewhat outcasted from the royal family. At this oh, point. behind their back, you mean? Yes. I firmly believe it was the Sheikah who did it. And that actually may have been the reason why it created a divide between the clan to create the Yiga and the Sheikah. Interesting. That would make sense. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. So again, I will get more into that theory later at a different episode when we get closer to theory episode. But that's, that's as interesting too because it's what almost paints that king that did choose to ostracize the Sheikah in a slightly more sympathetic light than before. That is very interesting. I am going to have to take some time to think about that. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) (laughs) So I got one more. uh, We're going to go through here. And this comes to us from Trip Fultz. It says, hello, Aaron and Ariel. I am a huge fan of the Legend of Zelda series. I know very few people who enjoy the Legend of Zelda series. And you have helped me understand the lore of Legend of Zelda much more than I used to. I also have a few questions for you, and it's just one question. What is your favorite thing about Breath of the Wild? Also, Wolf, you should play it. So, Wolf, if you're listening, you should play it. <laughs> I think Wolf has played a little bit of it by now. Poor Wolf. <laughs> yeah, he's he's played a little bit. Just a little bit. He doesn't really like the open world formats. <laughs> so, Ariel, favorite thing about Breath of the Wild? Everything. <laughs> You know what my favorite thing of Breath of the Wild is? Hmm. Beetle. Oh, Beetle. I love finding beetles solely to give him. That is my favorite (laughs) thing to do. I will go out of my way to hunt the three beetles down 
for him. Just for him. Because it makes him happy. He is always so happy to see you when he realizes that you have one. It is very endearing. Oh, Ariel hearts for Beetle. It's fantastic to corral all the Beetles together. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, gosh. Kex, favorite thing about Breath of the Wild? It's what has to be a memory. Our very first time approaching Lake Hylia, we were just about to crest the uh, a cliff over over the lake itself, and as we were maybe I would say six feet away from it, one of the dragons, Farosh, I think it was, Farosh came right over the cliff at almost point blank range, and it's scared the life out of me, but it was a wonderful moment of discovery that I will forever hold dear. (laughs) Uh, Oh, oh, I'm going to get into that. Uh, Maple, what's your favorite moment of Breath of the Wild? What's your favorite thing, I guess? Favorite thing? uh, Finding all the places I would like to sleep. (laughs) <laughs> out of all the things I was not anticipating <laughs> may I <laughs> may I make a quick tangent on favorite things about Breath of the Wild go for it Ariel I, I want to take this moment to defend Ravali a little bit <laughs> I oh, oh boy <laughs> No, not for the reason you think, though. I actually quite like Ravali, but not because of his personality. I like Ravali because I think in the series, he is the first rival character to Link that actually has skill to back up his words and is not just comic relief such as Meadow from Ocarina of Time, such as Groose from Skyward Sword, or even Ralph from Oracle of Ages. Ravali is actually a very powerful rival who could give Link a, a significant hard time if the two of them were to fight. And we actually see this in a sort of what-if scenario in Age of Calamity. So I do not like Ravali because of his personality. I like Ravali because he is the first rival character that could actually push Link to new height. If, if that makes sense. Yeah, I, I'd have to agree. I solely dislike Ravali because of his personality, but I do have mad respect for him because he worked hard to get where he was. Yes, and you will never hear me defend his personality. (laughs) I'm only mean to Aaron, and he knows I'm joking. I'm not a mean person. He was just a jerk. Ravali is a jerk. (laughs) Massive. That's all I got to say about that one. You'll never convince me to like Ravali other than his Gale Force wins. My favorite power up is the Gale Force. It just it is very it. useful. It <laughs> is ex- breaks best. a lot of things. Exactly. <laughs> That's why I like it. <laughs> uh, 
So uh, my favorite thing about Breath of the Wild, mm, it'd have to be the dragons and how terrifying they are when you first run into the first one. I tried to fight it because I thought it was going to kill me. I remember that. <laughs> I may or may not have screamed very loudly. I have to ask, did it even notice your attempt to fight it? <laughs> no, it did not. I shot it. A sparkly thing fell off and I went, what was that? Is it attacking me? And then it flew away. <laughs> I was like, oh, well, that was a very anticlimactic battle. And then we picked it up and went, oh, that's a scale. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, no. I thought I did a bad thing. Nope. No, I did not. Hmm. Anyway, dragons. <laughs> you know, I still have yet to finish Breath of the Wild. <laughs> I know. You've done everything but beat the game at I've this point. I've literally done everything but beat Has it. I was saving it for last. <sighs> <laughs> As I remembered you completing all of the shrines, I did not realize you had never actually beaten Calamity Ganon. <laughs> I have done everything, and even the DLC, except for I haven't gotten the final power yet. I did the first two, which is super hard, and I got almost to the end of the third, and then I died, and it reset it, and I died. Oh. But, uh... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I've explored, and I've explored the castle. <coughs> you have, you've like, completely avoided, except for going in. Yeah, yeah. purposely avoided the battle <laughs> with Ganon. I need to go back and do that, <laughs> just to say you finally beat the game. Yeah, just so I can say I beat it. Did everything but the the final boss. Yeah, I like, even collected Meh. all of the poop. <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, I remember that too. <laughs> and I got a big giant poop. I got a golden poop. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Ah, well, anyway, that being said, I think it's time for some uh, middle of the episode fancy talk. What do you got, Ariel? Fancy talk. Fancy talk. Because sometimes it's articles, sometimes it's merch. It's fancy talk. Now, I need them to come out with more articles because in my Resident Evil lore cast, I always present articles. Mm -hmm. It's killing me. I don't find any good ones. I but know. I did bring some merch. Ooh. Much like I always do. <laughs> Legend of Zelda. So, what I brought is from Etsy. And it's by At The Drive-In. For real? Yeah, At The Drive-In. Mm -hmm. And it is a Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask Link Fierce Deity Link Dictionary Art. It's super cool. So it has like the background is like a page from the dictionary. It's yeah. got stuff. And it's got Fierce Daddy Link with his sword plastered over it. So it comes in different sizes. You can get a normal five and a half by eight inches for $5 or a large eight by ten and a half inches for $8. Or you can get the matted five and a half by eight inches for eight fifty, or the matted eight by... Ten and a half inches for twelve dollars. So definitely affordable. Super cool looking. I'll have the link for the link in the show notes. Put it. <laughs> well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kex, do you want to go first? Yes. 
I can Let's at least go. give me just a moment. I have a link. Oh, no pun intended. Ha ha ha! No puns intended. <laughs> well, especially not intended here because you just made the same one. <laughs> Aaron does it to me all the time. There we are. I found a, an absolutely lovely diorama of Link pulling the Master Sword from the pedestal in Link to the Past. It is 3D, but the the artwork on it is so well done that when I first pulled this up, I actually thought it was a screenshot from the game. Oh! Wow, that is really cool. <laughs> it is rather reasonably priced as well at around $50. That's definitely worth $50. Oh, yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> You'll break it. I will. Don't get it for me. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly want it, though. <laughs> Kex won't break it. You can get it for Kex. Well, now that you say that, okay. though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh, goodness. No, I want one of those, really, though. I've seen a couple of those. They're really good. The elaborate, like, 3D cube kind of things. As well, but never of a 2D game before. No, I've only seen the 3Ds. Like, I've seen a couple. I've seen uh, Ocarina of Time. Mm -hmm. Ocarina of Time. Want it. (laughs) (laughs) I want it. I saw one where Link was shooting the hook shot. That was pretty cool. Kex, thank you for the wonderful cube. And uh, my disappointment because I can't have one because I will break it. <laughs> Maybe one day. But you know what I can't? Maybe one day. Maybe one day I'll grow up. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I can have, though? If it's real? An awesome Tears of the Kingdom Nintendo Switch OLED. We've had pictures of it flying around in chat, and I want one. And I have an article about it. Ready to hear this? Yes. comes to us from Game Informer. The article headline is Images of what might be a Tears of the Kingdom Switch model appear online. So basically this article goes into that there were some images that were posted by Tiba on Reddit and reshared by Pixelpar on Twitter of alleged photos of the Tears of the Kingdom themed Switch OLED. Um, There's no confirmation whether or not these things are real, uh, but we did get done discussing right before we started recording this episode that Nintendo has been notorious in the past about releasing right around four or five months uh, before a game comes out that they're doing a special Switch. They did it for Scarlet and Violet, they did it for Splatoon 3. I wouldn't put it past them to do a Carrot Tears of the Kingdom Switch as well. Um, we have had really well done elaborate deep fakes, which this article talks about. Uh, but with it being so close to the actual release date of Tears of the Kingdom, it, it seems more and more likely, especially since Korea just got their approval for the game ESRB rating and 
they also got an approval for some other unnamed item. Oh. Uh, huh. So it seems more likely. Now, we don't know what this item is. It could be an item. It could be a game. We don't know. We just know that they got approval recently for two things from Nintendo. One of them being Tears of the Kingdom. So... <laughs> you make a very strong case for it. I know. But I also made a really strong case for Wind Waker coming out on HD Remake, and that didn't happen. <laughs> Unfortunately. That is, that is also true. <laughs> I know. So I'm not going to get my hopes up, even though I already have. Uh, Ariel can attest to this. Uh, but I am going to... Uh, I'm going to expect the unexpected on this one, personally. <laughs> Hope for the best, expect the worst. That's not at all what you do. <laughs> no, I don't. I expect it, and then when it doesn't happen, I cry about it. For He's me. trying to talk himself into it, I think. <laughs> I, I, I am, I am. Fake <laughs> <laughs> uh, it till you make it. Fake it till you make it, that's right. Uh, but with that being said, I think that brings us to... The end of the mid-break. The end oh. of the middle of the show. End of the middle. Wait, what about your sponsor? Yeah. This oh. Is, this is where I rattle wait, off. We have those? Oh, wait, there's more. <laughs> Do you want an ocarina? Uh, yeah. I know a place that sells them. Where? Head on over to STL Ocarina. Link is in our show notes below. Hey! Wow. <laughs> and use our promo code LOZLORE10 and save yourself 10% off of a beautiful ocarina. Because who doesn't love saving money? I know. And you get a pretty, pretty ocarina. It's gorgeous. I have one and it's absolutely gorgeous. You know what we still haven't done? Our duel. I still don't know how to play the ocarina. Yeah, get on that. <laughs> I'm so bad at it. Can I just play the piano instead? No. Okay. <laughs> you can be the happy mask salesman. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, once again, head on over to STL Ocarina. Use our promo code LOZLORE10 and save yourself 10% off. I have the link for that in the show notes. Yeah. And... Do you need a set of dice? Always. Then head on over to Fan Roll Dice. Use our promo code AlmightyC10. And it's spelled A L L Mighty C. Aaron can't spell. I can't. <laughs> and the. Promo code will be in the show notes as well. And save yourself 10% off on dice, dice tray, dice bags, dice everything. Mm -hmm. And they have metal, resin, wooden, rubber, ridiculous amount of dice. And they're absolutely gorgeous. They are. And especially the gemstone dice that I still don't have a set of. <sighs> How dare I fail? But I did. <laughs> if anybody has been listening to me rambling about wanting the simmering coal set, did finally get that. And they are absolutely beautiful. 
you're welcome. Merry Christmas. Okay, you did one thing, but I told you to buy them for me, so. I did it, though. I did it. I, I did it. No, really, though, it's absolutely, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful set of resin dice. Uh, I Just as I thought, they are having a New Year's sale right now, too. So you get 10% off on top of the, I think they said up to 12% off. Yeah, 12% off of everything and 20% off of orders done in December. You have until tomorrow to order me some gemstone dice. <laughs> wah, black wah, obsidian. Wah. Yeah, look at that. You could get, you could get a whopping 30% off of your dice if you order right yeah, now. Yeah, you can. Ooh, pressure's on. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that being said, and all our sponsors, given their lovely little spots, I think it is time for us to go to the end of the episode. The beginning of the end of the episode. Well, here we are at the end of the episode. But before we go, we have two more wonderful things to be brought to us by Kex of Maple. <gasps> Maple, do you want to go first? Oh, well... Ooh. Shall I? Let me let me hold on. Let me do it. My my uh, very very deep voice. It's just awful. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> so, I have two translations which will tra- uh, go into what I will bring up, and I might be butchering the pronunciations. They are for the French and Italian. Uh, names of the fierce deity mask. Ooh. The French is Masque Dieu Demon, I believe is how it's pronounced. Close enough. <laughs> Which translates to <laughs> Mask of the Demon God. Not intimidating at all. <laughs> While on the other hand, the Italian translation translate is a uh, mascara furia divin divina but it translates to mask of divine fury oh that might be my favorite mm-hmm. which brings me to the point of that can also you can also translate that to some sort of fierce god deity and when working it into the original trans or the original Japanese name for the mask, the Oni mask, not only meaning demon, but it can also be uh, taken back to the the Chinese uh, Taoist Kijin or Kishin, meaning fierce god or spirit, as it uses the same. He uses the I believe uses the same. Uh, symbol as Oni. Mm-hmm. That can be corrected. I can be corrected if I am wrong about that. But with that, that I mean, that just tra- that translates it to a deity of fierce kind. I have more if you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be patient. 
I'm so excited about this part. But that. That. I, I guess it helps with the description of, like, can it be. Can its power be just as bad as Majora's? A yin and yang sort of symbolization or symbol. Mm. Symbolism. That is all I have for the at least the translation of mm-hmm. uh, the of the fierce deities mask and that is the end of my homework. I apologize, teacher. <laughs> <laughs> I I have something to add to your homework if you want to hear it. Ooh, I don't mind. So you briefly touched on some things. Uh <clears throat> But when you said Oni, in the Shingon Buddhist pantheon, there are deities who are fierce and wrathful towards negative forces that work against humanity's enlightenment. And they are known as fierce deities. The, uh, the fierce deity link is actually based around these, or it's heavily implied and almost confirmed theory that the fierce deity is based around these fierce deity gods that exist in this pantheon. And they are people who have reached enlightenment states and have gone on to protect those that would you know, those in humanity who would try to achieve this enlightened state as well through fierce and wrathful means. So they are deemed users of an evil power, but not evil themselves. Hence why there's a dark and evil energy coming from the fierce deity mask, but it's used for the powers of good and opposes as a yin and yang effect. That part had absolutely slipped my mind. (laughs) That's one of my favorite parts about the fierce deity link. That is so uh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, it's it's like I said, it was one of my favorite parts about this when I when I first saw Zeltek do a video on this. I had to do a deeper dive on this, and I spent a good three days researching this stuff, and was like, "Oh my gosh, this is awesome!" And that is the conclusion I came to with all of it is that it is it's pretty much never stated but it's it's there all the information there it's confirmed it's just nobody from nintendo has said yep that's it <laughs> that's the thing as nintendo does yeah of course they want us to they keep talking wrong. about it after all <laughs> <laughs> yes <laughs> uh so well i appreciate you bringing that maple because that's something i really wanted to talk about with the fear deity. oh you're welcome so, Kex, <laughs> you have this mind-blowing theory. It is a... I'm ready. It, it is a theory that spins off into many different possibilities, many of which all of you have been hinting at all throughout this episode, so I cannot wait. It, so. it made it so hard to talk about the fierce deity because I didn't want to spill the beans. <laughs> <laughs> Recently, some of my friends obtained 
the armor of the theorist deity in Triforce Heroes for themselves. Now, we have already gone over the capabilities of this armor, but what was not mentioned yet is that some of the characters in Triforce Heroes actually react and comment on the armor. The most notable of which is the clown NPC. I believe his name is Trip. He, mm-hmm. when you approach him wearing this armor and you talk to him, he actually says that that is the armor that the fierce deity wore, and he acts as though this is common knowledge. He he says, "You know what I'm talking about. You know the one. Yes." Now, this is very, very interesting because depending on your beliefs about Termina, if you believe that Termina is a forever existing world parallel to Hyrule, then it could just be that knowledge of the fierce deity trickled out into Hyrule over time. On the other hand, if you believe that Termina has only existed for up to four days, if we count a new day, um, while Skull Kid and Link were there, the odds of this same thing being the case, the odds of the information simply trickling out of Termina into Hyrule become astronomically low, which means the only way that Trip could know so much information about the Fierce Deity and know that this is his armor in the first place is if the Fierce Deity were always part of Hyrule's pantheon of gods. This is where things get very, very exciting because now we have to think about the Fierce Deity's obvious resemblance to Link. We have to think about its appearance and description in Termina because it is said that the fierce deity is a culmination of all the thoughts and emotions in Termina. Well then how is it in the how is it in Hyrule? How is it known in Hyrule? There are different possibilities for this, but I believe you said that uh, Maple, you have been um, binging Hello Hyrule, yes? Yes. Pete, very recently in a Four Sword episode, had an amazing theory that I'm going to reference here. And if if anybody listening to this podcast has not listened to Hello Hyrule, please do so. It is absolutely wonderful, and it pairs very well with this. Hmm? I will second that. I will third it. (laughs) (laughs) So he had a theory... And it is a long story as to why this came about in a Force Heard episode, and I do not wish to waste too much time on that because we are running out of time as it is. But the important thing is that through a series of connections, we were able, well, he was able, to come up with the idea that Termina may actually be the sacred realm as altered by Majora. This would actually work perfectly with your idea, Aaron, and your research that turned up that Termina is something of a dream realm. And this is Mm -hmm. because 
the sacred realm is malleable. It changes depending on who is within it, whether their heart is good or evil, how powerful they are, such as Ganon acquiring the full Triforce. Which means that when Majora enters the sacred realm, it could become Termina, and then when Majora is slain and Link and the Skull Kid leave Termina, it turns back to normal. So even though it is the sacred realm, it actually still fits perfectly with your research, which means that the fierce deity, if it is, if this creature, whatever it was before it became this mask, hails from Termina originally, then that in turn means it is from the sacred realm and truly is a god of some kind. Mm-hmm. Now, this next pit is my personal theory. <laughs> and this is where things are going to get a little wild. But there is actually another place where you can put on the mask. You you actually can put it on elsewhere outside of a boss arena. One other place. Do you know what that is? Uh, I'm trying to think. Oh. <laughs> I want to say it's a fairy fountain, but that's not it. It involves water. I will give you a hint. It is not in the original. It is only in the 3D remake. I give up. <laughs> <laughs> The fishing holes. Dang it, I knew it. You can actually go fishing of all things as the fierce deity. As soon as you said fishing, I went holes. It's the fishing holes. (laughs) (laughs) I am beginning to wonder if the fierce deity was in and of himself a link. And that is why he bears so much of a resemblance to the adult hero of time. That is why the only other place you can equip it, that mask, is in a fishing hole because they share similar habits. And if he is a god, which indeed his name implies, fierce deity, I wonder if Zelda's constant infatuation with Link throughout the series is not possibly a result of maybe some sort of romance between Hylia and this entity. This is, this is all, of course, strictly theory, not fact. And I am, I am honestly working with very little information on this, given the mysterious nature of the fierce deity, but when you start thinking about things in the way of how how much they are similar and how even though the mask is said to be dark it is still used for good things start sort of making sense and also Aaron to your credit you were talking about how dark powers can be used for good let us say that the fierce deity is indeed a dark mask as the or a dark entity as the mask description implies there is precedent for monsters and demons throughout 
The Legend of Zelda to, in fact, be good. We meet many monsters throughout the series who talk with Link, even befriend him. We meet monsters in Adventure of Link that are so ingrated in ingratiated into human society that they own property. <laughs> monsters. But the most prominent example is is Batro in in Skyward Sword. His evil aura was so prominent that he corrupted Remlets at night and drew monsters mm -hmm. to Skyloft at night. And the moment he was cleansed, the moment he became human, all of that stopped in Skyloft. And yet he was still a wonderful, sweet character. If he can do it with that level of evil to the point where he attracts demons to Skyloft, then who is to say a creature of the fierce deity scale could not operate in a similar fashion? And I know that was a lot of information at once, but ever ever since we discovered this this armor and the reaction that Trip had, my mind has been spiraling for weeks. <laughs> so, do you want to hear my take on this? Because I've been holding my tongue for this entire episode. Absolutely. Waiting, waiting for you to drop all these exact same bombs. <laughs> <clears throat> so, I don't know 100% on the... Hylia link deity status kind of thing. Certainly not I'm me not, either. That is more of a thought yeah. experiment than anything else. Yeah. I'm not I'm not saying I'm wrong you're wrong. I'm not saying you're right. I don't know. But I have my own theory. So there is a link in between there's a hero, I should say, in between Skyward Sword and Minish Cap. Ah, the yes. hero of men. Hero of Man. Okay? Hero of Men. Keep that title in mind as I move forward. So, that hero just kind of up and disappeared. Ever since that hero, our heroes have had some sort of attachment, memory-wise, to another hero in the timelines. Okay? Sometimes it's a brief glimpse of something. Other times it's just kind of like hinted at. And sometimes it's outright you get trained by a previous link. Heroes they're all Twilight. intertwined. <laughs> yes, they're all intertwined at some point. That being said, the hero of men also seemingly had ties to Sheikah. Okay because they were very tied to the royal family, hence the Picari blade. And the innocence that they shared. That's why they could see the Picari. Or the Minish, whatever you want to call them. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so they were innocent. They had direct ties to the Sheikah through the royal family, you know, protecting the royal family, doing all that stuff. <clears throat> now, the resemblance and the symbols that are on the armor share that of the Sheikah. It is also known in the Majora's Mask games that the stones, the um, gossip stones, also briefly mention this mask, which we know the gossip stones are tied to the Sheikah. We also know that 
if you watch the final scene before going to fight Majora and you receive the mask, the tone and the way that Majora talks to you seems to be a way that you talk you would talk to an old friend a familiar acquaintance at the very least versus when Link goes in without the fierce deity mask and it's just kind of a blanket statement yes we know or it's commonly believed that the mask Majora's mask has something to do with the interlopers which we know the Sheikah were involved with the Interloper War in some way, shape, form, or fashion, and it appears that most of the Sheikah were opponents to the Interlopers. So with that being said, all of these pieces of the puzzle we put together, could it be possible that the Harrow of Men ascended to deity status through the same means that a fierce deity would in Buddhist religion by bringing a sense of enlightenment to themselves and to the land around them. And then through that began to become the protector of future heroes and being in a sacred realm or a realm of dreams or whatever you want to call it, being closer to a deity point or a place of deity origin was able to manifest itself physically in order to fight Majora. Only after the hero of time managed to prove his worth to the deity in bringing happiness to all the people of Termina. I, of course, like it. There there are all sorts of possibilities for the possible relationship between Mm -hmm. Majora and the Fierce Deity. That is interesting that the Hero of Men could have ascended. I did not think of that, and I will have to to think about that more in the future here. I will say... It's... it's hmm? It's it's a possibility. Oh, definitely. Of course. (laughs) My personal thought in my in the theories that I was presenting, my personal thought as to why the Sheikah may have a connection to the fierce deity as well is simply this. We know that they absolutely adore Hylia to the point where they still serve the royal family just because they are of Hylia's blood for tens of thousands of years. If my wilder part of this theory is correct, and there was maybe not necessarily a romance, that that is a strong statement, and I am certainly not going to die on that hill, as they say. (laughs) But as long as they had some sort of positive relationship, then of course the Sheikah would very much like the Fierce Deity as well as a Mm -hmm. god that supported their primary matriarch, if you will. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we know the Sheikah have many, many gods. Yes. That they follow. And since, again, Helia is a being of light, of goodness, if the fierce deity uses dark powers, but for good, then that, and they revere the fierce deity because he helped Helia, 
That may explain why the Sheikah eventually came to specialize in shadow magics, particularly in Ocarina of Time. Mm-hmm. Maple, what do you think about all this? <laughs> I, I did have a thought on <laughs> oh. how how the uh, hero of men, man, men uh, may have come to enlightenment. Okay. If what if the the prequel manga to Skyward Sword and the Hyrule Historia mm-hmm. is canon? That hero that hero chosen by the goddess before our current link in Skyward Sword. He does okay. as he laid dying. He did say, "I pray for your happiness." As as it may seem that he came to acceptance. But that uh, soon after when the goddess Hylia approaches him where she says that he ha- she had to mold him to fit the form to wield the master sword and that power that enlightenment or uh, power flowed through the flowed through the heroes and when the Minish had uh, descended upon from the skies had also granted them the hero this power as well. I hmm. I certainly think you are onto something. Actually, I have been thinking a lot about that prequel manga ever since I started thinking more about the fierce deity. Uh, I think there are some problems with the manga specifically, but I. And I do mean specifically, such as the Master Sword already being in existence, even though in Skyward Sword it is the Goddess Sword at first. But I think the general idea of there being a first link before the Hero of Skies, I think there is a possible precedent for this now, given what we are discussing tonight. What if the Fierce Deity is the first link and correct me if i'm wrong i think that is what you are driving at yes maple yes i think there is a stronger possibility for that now given what we are discussing tonight Mm, and that i would say so that would bring that would make a bit more sense into your theory as like a uh a really close relationship between the hero and the goddess Hylia as well. I need Nintendo Man. to give us more answers. <laughs> <laughs> I th- I came into this episode thinking you guys could never blow my mind. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it. <sighs> well, I think that's all we have today, Ariel. Elected a lot. I did. It was awesome. <laughs> Thank you, Pete, for letting me discuss your theory. <laughs> Thanks, Pete and Chris. That has brought a lot to the table. It really did. It really did. There is so well, much more to that theory, too. I, I highly recommend you listen to that episode. There is there are so many implications that I'm not able to discuss tonight because number one time and number two, it does not strictly <laughs> no. relate to the fierce deity, but Oh, 
there are so many implications if he is correct. Please listen to that episode. Ooh, I'm going to have to dissect that episode a little bit more. <laughs> so, with that being said, this brings us to the end of the episode. Sad face. <laughs> Kex. Yes. If we want to hang out with you, we want to talk to you, where are we going to find you? Almost exclusively on Discord, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> but I, there are no tricks in my username. It is just Kex. And I suppose you could also try Twitter, but I really only use Twitter to talk to Hello Hyrule. <laughs> so I do not log in that often. <laughs> but um, Discord is certainly the safer option if you do wish to get a hold of me. And I have had a few people reach out to me lately, so thank you. Really? Yes. <laughs> it has been awesome. wonderful. So, uh, Maple, if we want to come hang out with you and talk to you, where can we find you? <laughs> well, I am Maple Flapjacks on Discord. And I also have the Twitter at Kio, K-I-O, Maple. As Maple Flapjacks was taken at that time. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> Sometimes uh, I will stream, but I will post, I would post that onto Twitter. I haven't in like a year, which is most unfortunate. <laughs> we haven't posted or haven't uh, haven't streamed. Uh, streamed. <gasps> I need you to get on that. I I want to. <laughs> I have this amazing setup for doing all that as well, but I haven't even put it to use. Get on. <laughs> <laughs> What's your? Uh, are you, do you stream on Twitch? Uh, Twitch, YouTube, whichever one is not going down at that current moment. <laughs> and a fiery ball of whatever they're doing. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, if you want, you can send me a link to your Twitch and I'll drop it in the show notes for people, too. All right. So with all that being said... I think it's time for us to say thank you for listening, Ariel. Um, thank you for listening. I really want pancakes tomorrow morning now. <laughs> You're welcome. I'll make it happen. <laughs> you can't. You are terrible at cooking pancakes. Anyway, thanks for listening. Uh, tune in next week. Do, 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 do. <laughs> <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to the Legend of Zelda Lorecast tonight. We hope you enjoyed yourselves. If you did, tell a friend, leave a review. We'd love to hear from you. You can chat with us all things Legend of Zelda on the Robots Radio Discord. Or you can get hold of us on our Twitter at LOZLorecast. Intro and outro are done by Bentonal Landscape. Links are in the show notes below. Till next time, dear listener, it's dangerous to go alone. Take this.